Hey, 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 Soul Tribe. Welcome back. This is episode 1.7 of Beyond Deconstructing. I'm your host, TJ Maka Pogue, affectionately known as Deconstructing Europe. And in today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview the lovely Cam Kramer, aka Earth to Cam. And I really enjoyed this conversation because it's really fun when you know you're speaking to a kindred spirit. And when I first came across Cam, which like most of the people that you guys are going to see was on TikTok, um, I just instantly, firstly, I instantly liked her because her being her authentic self is so refreshing. Um, what a lot of people would usually just dismiss as like quirky or manic pixie dream girl, I instantly just saw as a kindred spirit, like someone who is being their authentic self. And it may be a little off center to some people, but to me, I just saw someone that like got it. And this conversation is a very good example of that. And I say that because I typically tend to shy away from getting super political on my platform. And it's not because I'm not. Um, I mean, as an autistic person with a very strong sense of justice, I have been likened to the SJW stereotype or whatnot. Um, but I've been very focused on just talking about autism and unmasking and learning about neurotypical culture and decoding all of that. But one of the very important aspects of that is our sense of social justice and what's right and wrong and our place and our stance in the society and how we feel about it, which is inherently going to be political. So I really enjoyed how comfortable uh, I got and how comfortable Cam was. At at one point, we got a, a little bit emotional there, just really opening up. And so I appreciate this conversation. All of the conversations that I've had so far have been very candid, but this was one that I feel like really touched on a lot of things that I will continue to touch on and be more vocal about going forward and not bite my tongue and really just say what I have to say and not be afraid of how people are going to perceive it because not everyone's going to agree with me. Not everyone's going to like what I have to say, but some people already agree with me and some people may have not heard or received these alternate perspectives that would allow them to be able to reshape or reframe how they think. So I feel like not shying away from controversial topics is really important. And um, this is one where we touch on, on it quite a bit. So without further ado, I'm going to stop running my mouth and uh, introduce you guys to Cam if you don't know her already or if you are already a follower of her. Welcome to my page and I hope you guys enjoy our conversation together. Thank you guys so much for coming back to another episode of Beyond Deconstructing. On today's episode, we have the lovely, vivacious Cam. You may know her as Earth to Cam. Yes, yes, all of those things. <laughs> and I'm going to throw it over to you to introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are and what you do. Oh, thank you so much. I've never been called vivacious before. Thank you. Um, yeah, my name is Cameron Earth to Cam um, on TikTok. I recently this year started a TikTok account and have stumbled upon the ADHD community and have somehow gained a following and now I'm here meeting lovely people like T here and um yeah just <laughs> like unmasking on the internet so to speak <laughs> yes being very brave and doing so as well um that's actually how we got to know each other like you alluded to on TikTok um and before we jump into that a little bit more I want to give everyone an opportunity if they don't know you already to uh, or if they haven't been following you to learn a little bit more about your journey with uh, discovering your neural spiciness and how you've gotten to this place of being able to not only unmask but unmask in front of the world. Gosh, when you put it that way, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to freak you out there. <laughs> no, like because TikTok for me is like very impulsive, and like I talked about this before, like. It's just, it's a, it's been a fun, like creative outlet for me and a really good way to like meet 
like-minded people and connect with people like yourself and a lot of other people. So when I'm like making posts or I'm like, you know, expressing myself, it's, I literally don't think about it. So when someone is like in front of the internet, I'm like, oh yeah, it is like anyone can see it, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, a bit about my background. I'm 27. I've moved around a lot as a kid. Um, I discovered my ADHD-ness this year, actually, um, coming out of 2020 and the pandemic and, and COVID and stuff like that. Um, I was just, I was really hitting a wall mentally. And I had always put my mental health kind of like on the back burner a little bit and um, was going through like some family stuff and a lot of other traumatic events that I won't get into. But um, yeah, and I was just, it was finally time for me to focus on me. So at the start of 2020 is kind of where all of that happened. And um, then going into 2021 is kind of where I realized that I, it's very possible I might be ADHD because that's when I started getting like content on my For You page before my Earth to Cam tech account um, about ADHD. And like, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, you know, just, oh yeah, that's what's weird. Like I just, why do I have this? Anyways, um, (laughs) and not really thinking (laughs) about it, but then like all of my like random thoughts that I would have just like in spending time with myself. Um, I did the, a very ADHD thing, which is like research and deep dive and hyperfixate before I knew what those words even meant or were. Mm -hmm. And, um, eventually got in front of a therapist who was licensed to diagnose and is also ADHD herself and had an autistic partner. And she was able to help me get diagnosed with ADHD um, last year. So that's how that happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very, it was really interesting because she was almost like a friend and we immediately clicked And I feel like that should have been the confirmation right then and there when we were just like immediately info dumping with each other. And it didn't even really feel like a therapy session sometimes. Like it still was very helpful. But looking back, I'm just like, man, how did you? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Um, But yeah. And um, as of right now, I'm self-diagnosed autistic just because I've spent so much time doing my own research and even listening to your podcast, I've heard so many different takes and perspectives on getting a professional diagnosis. And I think within the last like few months or so, I have just been comfortable with being self-diagnosed because it's, it just seems like there's really no benefit that like I can think of and, and not any, not to like scare anyone from not getting a diagnosis. Like I know for a lot of people, it's, getting that self-validation or like that stamp of approval or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was, that was very much myself for a long time too, because I just wanted to be told that I was right, I guess. But in, yeah. um, in becoming a part of this, uh, little TikTok community, that's been the most validating thing. I've been able to be a part of a support group and just like, w- in addition to the research that I've done and then spending time with people who are ADHD, it's like, I, that's all the confirmation I need because we're, we're like, we're right here, you know? Like <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, firstly, I, I want to thank you for sharing your journey and your care. Um, I love hearing our, our stories and how we get to where we are here, especially when you get to a point of unmasking, like we talked about. And I'm glad you um, alluded to the TikTok community and brought it back around to that because um and and also in regards to uh self diagnosis because I am also self diagnosed autistic I'm formally diagnosed with ADHD and you know generalized anxiety disorder and whatnot but um I am still self diagnosed autistic and um for a little while I was going to pursue a official diagnosis but not because I felt like I needed the validation but because I was boxed into a corner to do so And so um, I actually kind of wanted to talk to you about that when it came to like the pro 
pros and cons of getting a diagnosis. Because um, for me personally, I'm back on the track of not getting a diagnosis because firstly, I know I'm autistic. Um, Like you said, spending time with other autistic people, connecting with other autistic people, seeing how even on the surface we look different, but underneath we have those same core motivations and those same core understandings is Mm -hmm. all the validation that I need. But secondly, because of the way autism is currently seen and how it's currently treated, it's not a benefit to someone like me who has been highly masking my whole life and has been perceived as someone who has very low needs. I've learned very quickly that as soon as I expressed that this was something that I struggled with and I asked for something to accommodate myself, how quickly no one would believe me without that. And then even if I did have that, they are still showing that they wouldn't give me the accommodations that they're looking for. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I don't know, like, I know you kind of touched on it uh, earlier, but kind of maybe expand on um, your journey of, you know, going back and forth with debating formal diagnosis or <clears throat> self-diagnosis is all I need. Yeah. And and in terms, and you're, you're so right in terms of like day-to-day or a job or the way people perceive you, especially if you're high masking, like, the, like we are. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult because there's also an aspect of, am I actually, you know, I feel like as, as late diagnosed people, especially, um, being diagnosed later in life, it's like, you're kind of gaslighting yourself a little bit sometimes. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah. and, And like I said, just, just spending time and meeting more people and, um, just seeing how, high masking late diagnosed people interact with each other and like kind of like how you said having those same like core values at the, at the end of the day at the end of all of it um and it, and it might change i might change my mind uh if i want to get an official diagnosis i don't think that's first of all i don't think they're very attainable i mean i don't think they're not they're not very attainable for a lot of people so at least in the U.S. and we're not um, given many, I don't know, routes to go or resources. Um, majority of my friends that I've made on TikTok are self-diagnosed. And if they did get a diagnosis, like spoiler alert, they were right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of um, where I'm at right now. It was a lot of um for anyone who wants to thinks they might be autistic, like I never, I never want to say like if you see my my videos, you are autistic, or if I'm on, if I'm on your for you page, you're autistic because, like, there's a chance, but also, it's hard. It's really really hard. It's not like I watch one TikTok and I'm like, oh yeah, I do that. That's like I'm totally like, yeah. It's so difficult. Like it's, ooh <laughs> like yeah. And, even even to this day, I'll, I'll still have like flashbacks of random memories from like my childhood. Just like I'll be going about my business, like I'll be making lunch or something. And all of a sudden I'll get a random memory. My ADHD is like, hey, remember that thing that you did when you were really little? And everyone was like, oh, my God, you're so quirky and so funny. Yeah, babe, that was autism. Like, it's just yes. it's so weird to like see have to like relive your life. And like I'll even say for me anyways, it's a little bit traumatic. A but, little bit. That's that's going easy, girl. You can lean into it. It's traumatic. Okay, okay. It's traumatic. Yeah. No, yeah, like it's I, I, yeah, I totally feel you. You you bring up a really good point. Like the reframing your life. Like I I always felt weird. I always felt like I didn't quite get it. But because I all I excelled in certain areas like academia and like having certain talents, I just kind of gained certain. So I was able to skirt by socially, but it was never actually easy for me socially when I was growing up. And so now that I understand my brain and I understand the why behind the what and I get those, you know, flashbacks I'm going and I'm like, I have a lot more grace for little Tierra, and I'm not beating her up. I'm not my own biggest bully anymore. Sitting here beating myself up internally, asking myself, why can't I just get it? Why am I 
different. It's like, this is why, unfortunately, no one saw you. No one really saw you as a child and you didn't see yourself. It's not like I had representation of a, you know, young autistic girls or anything like that, where I could be like, hey, mommy, hey, daddy, I think I'm like this person. No, it's just kind of like, I had to see what I saw. And a lot of it was internalized shame and bullying and guilt and now that I'm able to look back on those things and reframe it through a, an autistic lens, it really, it makes me, it actually, ah, I don't want to get emotional. This is, so I was going to say, I'm going to start crying. I'm going to start crying like, and keep talking about it. <laughs> I literally just felt myself choke up like, but it's like, it makes me love myself more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, because. Yeah, because I can I forgive myself for like all the like times that I just hated myself and didn't understand what was going on. And and I also forgive other people who didn't know how to handle me either, who didn't know oh how gosh. to give me the the you know what I needed. And so um yeah, it's like as hard as it is, and I, I think I do want to touch on that because maybe that'll get me to stop tearing up. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm like I have a lump right here, so you're good. <laughs> But like as as hard as it is, it's also been an extreme blessing because mm-hmm. as as traumatic as it is to go through and and like peel back and go back and see all those things that hurt and dig through it to have answers is worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt that in my soul. Yeah, hundred percent, and um. Yeah, that's like literally could not have said it any <laughs> any better at all. Sorry for making you cry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Gold star girly. I'd only took until what, episode eight or seven <laughs> for me to get yeah. to you. Yeah. <laughs> we did it, team. Great job. Yes. Mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> but like I I I'm glad that you also brought up how hard it is because again, as high-masking people, especially as high-masking women or femme-presenting people, it is hard to have it taken seriously how much we struggle because it's like, well, you could do it before. Why can't you do it now? But the thing is, though, I yeah, I could do it before, but see, when I tell you, I the reason I started this whole mental health journey at the beginning of 2020 was, one, because... I had way too much free time. We all did. We were all just kind of sitting around at home. And two, I was like, well, this is as good as time as any to like finally focus on what I need to because I was so depressed and like struggled so much. And I remember like talking to my dad, who's I think he's also autistic, um, (laughs) just being like, dad, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm so like, I can't do anything. I can't get out of bed. I'm like, debilitated and I don't know why. And it's like this vicious cycle of like being yourself up and wanting to do simple, simple things that it seems like everyone else can do as an adult living on your own. And it's just like a really ugly, vicious cycle. So like, could I do those things before? Yeah. But I was mentally so checked out. Like, <sighs> like I don't want to have to like, be burnt out. And I think that's another aspect of it too, is like being late diagnosed. We're all kind of, at least for me, I don't want to speak for everyone, but it seems like some of us are realizing that we've been in burnout for most of our lives. Yeah. And that's a whole other aspect. (laughs) (laughs) Man. But, um, yeah, Yeah. I, I also, I feel like I had a lot of nerve though, not realizing that I'm autistic because my brother is autistic and he was diagnosed as a toddler that's a whole other avenue we can go down, but to go off your your point of, um, being women or femme presenting. Yeah. That's a whole other, whole other factor too. Oh my goodness. No, I definitely want to go down that route. Um, because that's a great, no, it's a great, we all know, or, you know, if you are, um, someone who doesn't believe Facebook ads and know that it's not related to Tylenol and that autism is genetic, um and then you have a exactly so you know i just had to put that dig in there because every time i see those fucking ads i just want to like pull my hair out um but i got it's like i gotta put my phone down and go walk outside because i'm gonna say something that's gonna get me in trouble (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness um i gotta like sage my phone and like reset my (laughs) wi-fi 
<laughs> Go take a nap. Uh, exactly. Um, but yeah, so knowing that that autism is highly genetic and you having a brother who is formally diagnosed, like that's interesting to me because um in how you guys behave behaviorally behaviorally, how similar were you guys growing up? Oh man, it's like I said, I had a lot of nerve thinking that I was neurotypical because we just like, oh, I was the only one who could like really communicate with my brother. He is, is verbal. And, um, at the time, you know, we would say he's like high functioning, which fucking hate that term. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, he always like struggled a lot in school and like, so did I, um, of course he struggled socially in school and so did I, he struggled academically in school. I, could I hope some of my teachers from high school see this because like <laughs> I always got in trouble with them because they were like she has so much potential and like hearing that is kind of triggering because it's like potential for what like right like she's just not applying herself well first of all the public school system is not built for me and second of all like I I can't I'm not retaining this information it's not something I'm passionate about so of course my autistic ADHD brain, not knowing I'm autistic ADHD, just you get passed off as, oh, she just, she just daydreams a lot, or she just, she just has a hard time focusing and she just doesn't really care. The only things I cared about in school was music and art and I excelled, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we struggled both of us in a lot of ways. And I, I have a lot of core memories with my little brother um after him coming home from like getting into fights with people at school or having a hard day at school he always had something that he was really struggling with and I grew up in a household of me my brother and my dad my parents got divorced when I was eight so it was just the three of us and we're all just like a bunch of unknowingly neurodivergent people struggling with a lot of stuff (laughs) so and and not having like a mother figure my dad was like he 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 really wasn't that mother figure for him obviously because he was like in the dad role so I kind of in a way stepped into that and I have a lot of memories of just like him being so angry and upset and like taking it out on us and it's not his fault it's just like you got a lot of big emotions and you don't know what to do with them. So you come home yeah. and you take that stuff with you. Like, So I have a lot of, um, there's a lot of memories I have with him, just sitting in his room with him, with the door closed, with my back against the door, just like talking through everything and being like, you know, I, I hear that you're saying this, but what, what are you actually trying to say? Because there's also a filter that we have to have as autistic people of like rewiring what we say versus what we mean. Um, and I think both of us are kind of at, at the point now, um, he's 22. I'm like, I'm 27. So he's four years younger than me, but we're both kind of at the place now where like, we just don't do that anymore. Cause we, cause we know, and he knows that I'm autistic now. So we both just kind of like call each other up and, and, um, yeah, he's my guy. He's my yeah safe little kid but yeah <laughs> that's awesome well yeah no I I don't know how I didn't know that you had a younger brother who is autistic but thank you for sharing that that I don't think I've talked us. about it <laughs> yeah well thank you for sharing that and again like I said that just shows you, you, you that's a perfect illustration of how with like girls and femme presenting people our our autism gets explained away as everything else but autism. You're mm-hmm. moody, you're flighty, you have a personality disorder. It's everything but autism. And I feel like that really just like hinders us in a lot of ways. Um, but actually a, a thought that just popped into my head um was thinking about like the debate against or the conversation about late and early diagnosis because like your brother being diagnosed younger obviously like he probably had some supports or maybe I don't know or maybe in school or something like that they were able to accommodate him in some kind of ways but you just had to figure it out on your own and um as we were talking about earlier, talking about reframing things sometimes I think in my head I'm like uh, I have those lingering thoughts I'm like damn (laughs) 
I really wish that I just knew back then because I would have felt better. But then I've come to the conclusion and then sometimes again, it changes from day to day. But more yeah. often than not, I feel like I actually appreciate being late diagnosed only because like everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't be the person that I am today if a lot of these core things changed. And even though I suffered a lot of trauma and was misused and abused and manipulated by people at the end of the day, like just the knowing and being able to make different decisions moving forward, I think is okay. But I don't know, like I said, it changes from day to day. I don't know if you feel that same way where you're like, oh, fuck, like what if I was just diagnosed Mm. younger with like my brother was, like things have been better. Yeah, it's funny because, well, it's not funny, but it's funny, like, (laughs) I, like, I also, I was, um, privileged enough to be in therapy at a very young age, because like I said, my parents separated it when I was eight, and I even have, like, a core memory from that being, like, I don't know what's wrong with me, and I just think if something was different, or if something changed, that I'd be so much better off, and the therapist just looked at me like, yeah, for me like I'm kind of in the same boat as you like I definitely um like today I'm having a a really good day mentally obviously because I'm sitting here makeup sun rekeking having a good time (laughs) um but like if you would have talked to me like five days ago I also struggle with um PMDD so that's like, Ooh, um, it's a lot. So it was, it's like, it's very much debilitating, very much debilitating. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really difficult too. But, um, so maybe on like those days, I'm like, I'm in in a place mentally where I'm not where I would like to be. And it's hard to see yourself out of it when you're in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like now I, can feel and know that I'm okay, at least mentally, physically is a different story because interoception. But um yeah, I think I think today, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. It was really difficult. And even like you said, it no matter all the stuff that you've been through, the trauma, the being mistreated, the being misunderstood, um I don't know. I like me, you know? Yeah. like especially (laughs) especially where I'm where I'm at like it's there's there's good parts and there's bad parts but like one what is wishing something was different gonna do it's not gonna change anything and two just do I feel like do what you can with the time that you have and I feel like I've been kind of successful in doing that it's Something I always try to tell myself is to just is to reflect and look back and see how far you've come. So if I'm having a day where I'm really struggling or I'm literally like physically disabled and in so much pain, I just have to think about like, think about back in 2020 when you were like, what is wrong with me? Or think about little eight-year-old you sitting in therapy, like struggling and thinking what's wrong with me. And, you know, you have answers now you have people now you have a community and like I said it's not easy at all when you're in it to see the positives and in fact it's kind of annoying to be honest (laughs) like people are like just be positive I'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah I I I wouldn't change anything either it's difficult yes but um I like us you know yeah I like us too. We're pretty freaking cool. (laughs) We are. (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, like, yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head. It's a, it's a totally day by day process. And that's why I said like, overall, I feel like I've landed on, you know, I, I know where I am, but there's those waves where every once in a while you just, you're not at your best. Um, and because it's kind of like a roller coaster, I feel like I go through cycles of, gaslighting myself because I am functioning like a typical um and then going back into like oh no there's nothing typical about me because why can't I get out of bed to do anything other than use the toilet 
Right. Can't even like you know like there have been several days like Super that where like I have only stood up today because I have to be like yeah <laughs> that is it um you know and then going back to like the terrible horribly outdated terminology of high functioning and low functioning and blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. that's why those things are are a very inaccurate way to describe the spectrum of autism because on one day I could look very high functioning. I could be very high functioning. I can get a lot of stuff done. And then on the next day, I can't, I need my mom to call the doctor for me to like change my appointment. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm 34 years old. That's not, that's an example of something that has happened not too long ago. I'm like, I can't talk to these people, but I need to talk to them. So I need you to call them for me. Mm -hmm. Listen, I just made my first OBGYN appointment by myself last week. So I'm so proud of you and I'm so proud of me. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) We're doing things. We're We're functioning executively. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, and that's the thing too, is like, I feel like when I, when I try to talk to someone who doesn't get it and they, and they've known me for any amount of time, they look at me like I'm making a bunch of excuses or they just don't get it. They're like, but you, but what? like does not compute like they put me in this box and it's like I can't change like Tiara can't be someone different because we've already figured that she's like this and so she's saying she can't do it it's a lie or she's just trying to like be lazy or something like that I'm like do you do you do you think I want to be in a position that like as much as I don't give a fuck about what most people have to say it still doesn't feel good when you know that people think that you're just being lazy or that you want sympathy or you're doing something just because you think it's trendy when I'm mm. genuinely over here fucking struggling. Yeah. Yes. And it's like for someone to think that you're lying, like I think I'm lying sometimes. Do you really like it's taken me months to say to you employer that I'm autistic and I need this. And you're going to be like, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lot, but like I said, I, I, I like us. I try to put a positive spin on things when I have capacity to, um, a frequent comment that I get in my TikToks or something is like, you're not autistic because you look like this, or you're not autistic. You're just boring or get a personality or they're like, just like not nice things. (laughs) It's like, that's kind of the whole reason why I guess I don't really know what my niche is. I don't really want to have a niche. I'm just, I'm just being myself um, and unmasking and in the process and learning how I function, um, which high functioning, like what even is functioning, you know? Um, anyways, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I try to, um, when I, when I do, make content about my brain and me it's just my way of like processing it and sometimes it's funny like it took me years to figure out that that random thing that I do which and I've talked about this with you before is like echolalia Mm -hmm. and like singing is like one of my biggest stems and music is a stem for me and like just realizing that all of these things that you do that, oh, that's just, that's just Cameron. That's just how she, oh, that's just Cam's brother. That's just how, how he is. Like one, I'm this way because I'm probably masking and I don't know it. Mm. And two, like, it's just really cool that there's like names for stuff that you didn't even realize that you were, because you were trying to function in a society that's just like, it's, it's not, it's not for us. And there, I think there's so many more. And, I, and that's why I love um, the community and TikTok too, because I feel like there's so many people who are relating to content like that and figuring out, oh, this is what this looks like. And I think that's really exciting because it definitely played a part in my journey to the center of my brain. <laughs> um, so to, to know that like, it doesn't, 
look like what we know as a stereotype. There's a lot of different people. And, and like I've told you before, I, what you're doing with, with this show and your platform is so important and I'm so excited. And I just, I, I don't know. I want more people to, and I hope more people figure out that nothing's wrong with them. You know, they're just, yeah. there's no, no such thing as high or low functioning because what the hell is functioning and you're not alone and autism looks different. Like, like every, like every person has a fingerprint looks different on all of us. The spectrum is a circle of traits and we all have different ones. Everyone's an individual. Every autism is an individual. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Exactly. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, um, yeah, that's that's what I want to do with all of my work. Like that's that's what inspired me to start my account. I started my account this year too. Um, like I had a previous TikTok <clears throat> account, but it definitely wasn't anything devoted to um to neurodivergence or autism or anything like that. Um, but I started this account specifically because I was having all of these revelations and I was breaking down the why behind the what. Like I'm a very like if I could understand why, even if I don't agree with it or I don't like it. I could at least move past it and not have it like weigh on me so much. So mm-hmm. um, when I was thrown into a situation where I it was like glaringly obvious that I was just super different from everyone around me. And I was like gaining a reputation of being arrogant and rude when I was just quiet. I was yeah. like, this is really weird to me. So I had to start breaking it down and deconstructing it. And through that process, I was able to like, start to piece together like oh okay so this is everyone doesn't think like me like I was just assuming I was sitting here you know with this very kind of pure naivete that oh everyone else looks at the world the same way I do and obviously it it took me being like literally ostracized for doing nothing yeah for me to like sit there and realize oh the world that I thought I knew just like (laughs) doesn't exist and so that kind of led me down the path of being like, yeah, we need to look at the, why is it like this? Why are we like this? And the more I learned about it, the less I wanted to be a part of it because I'm like, oh, now I understand the mechanisms behind it. I don't agree with this. Mm-hmm. I can't get down with this. Like, especially like, I mean, not to go and not to get political, but like, like capitalism and like the society of like toxic work culture. Like yeah. I can never go back to doing that. You know, that that grind for no reason, the the not caring about people, the structure of, hey, the less boundaries you have and the less you take care of yourself, the better off you'll be in those. Like the kind of people who thrive in those environments literally have nothing but those environments, because if you have anything outside of it, if you take care of yourself, if you detach your identity from it, it's like you realize it doesn't really work. Mm hmm. Yeah, because that's how our society is built. For we're just cogs in a machine, unfortunately. And I don't want to be a cog. I want to be in a field, like drinking river water and laying out in the sun with other ADHD people on an island. No, but um, wouldn't that be great, though? Yes, that's um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's just it's a lot. Like everything you said, just <laughs> yes. You know, I feel like I think that there are more people out there, like even when I think about like the neurotypicals and I say neurotypical, I didn't mean to put quotes because there is like that is a neurotype. There are people who are neurotypical. But my thing is when I say neurotypical in quotes, um, even though it's called neurotypical, I don't think it's the neurotypical. It's not the typical neurotype. I feel like there are more people that diverge from that neurotype than that fit within it. But because they're the ones who like shape the society more people desensitize themselves or like dull themselves to be able to fit into that because my my theory, and I don't know if anyone else has said this, um, and if they have, please let me know someone. Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like because if you are neurodivergent and not just neurodivergent, but in particular autistic or have sensory, like heightened sensory issues, or you just feel things more heavily, we just have an inability to 
block out things the way that neurotypicals do. So when people say, well, why can't you just do it? Because you're supposed to. And then we say, well, because this, this, that, and the other. And then they just say, you're making excuses, just do it. It's like, well, just because you can shut that part of your brain off or that part of your brain never turned on to begin with, doesn't mean that that's, you know, something that I can do. And I feel like the only reason why they're able to do it is just because they don't, they don't see or feel or experience as much as we do. And that's not a supremacy type thing. It's just a like, no. it's a how we experience the world. Yeah, it's so wild. I I recently saw someone say that, um, are we are we hyper empathetic or do we just have basic empathy? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's not that's not meant to be like a dig or shade or whatever. But it's like I me personally, I'm. And I know like being an empath is like a joke and a meme or whatever. And like, that's fine. But like genuinely, <laughs> when you're able to like feel other people's feelings, ooh-wee. <laughs> it's yes. like, so, um, yeah. And you're totally, you're totally right about like the why behind everything. Like it's, and I have this conversation with my partner all the time. It's like, I don't, cause we live in, we live in the South and, um, you know, it's very what you would expect mentality from from the South. But not that I don't love I love the South. I love it here. Love my house. Love my job. Oh my God. <laughs> um, do you hear that universe? Um, but like there's people that have like they just don't question things. Like they don't question like it's normal to work uh, a nine to five or like overtime hours until you're like 60 something and retire. And it's like are you do you know you don't you don't have you don't have to do that you know and, and some people are so like I really don't want to say brainwashed but like it's so ingrained in them because of like from like a American cultural standpoint that because it's it's I feel like it's and I know you said you didn't want to get political but like I feel like it's been, it's been so like drilled into people especially like people that are like of the generation of like our parents it's like you don't it doesn't have to be like that. And I've even had conversations with my dad who has, who very much is old school and that, nothing's wrong with that. But even in just like talking with him and the way that I speak with him when I'm like completely, what I know now is unmasked, but when we would have conversations and he would say something and I would say, what do you mean by that? And immediately, it's defensive. Like, what do you mean? Like, why are you, why are you questioning me? Why are you like, I feel like I'm talking to an attorney was his favorite line to use. <laughs> oh, wow. But, um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm like, it's not, I, I'm not coming from a place of malice. I just want to know. I'm just curious. And I want to know if I ask you why, Hey, guess what? That's what I mean. If I ask you why, if I ask you why, I just want to know why there's not any like shade behind it or anything, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. No, our system. And I guess this is the failure of saying, I don't want to get political because it's going to get political. (laughs) Um, But like we tried, uh, we tried, but it has to, I mean, it's tied together. It's all tied together. Um, But yes, our system, especially because it's such a capitalist system, is based on a hierarchy. And hierarchy Mm -hmm. only works when you have blind compliance. Um, Like you can't have a hierarchy if people question because that holds it's all predicated on. Well, because I have this position, you're supposed to show me a certain level of respect. And if I tell you to do something, you do it. And that's why people like us who question things who need it to make sense, because a lot of what we do, if you question it, even to the first degree and you peel below the, the bottom layer, it doesn't make any real logical sense. It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we're a threat because we point out the fact that, like, to us, it's obvious. We're like, why why do we have to do this? Or why are we doing this? Or just because we do it this way doesn't mean it has to continue to be this way. That's why we're the threats. That's why we get, you know, everything about us gets pathologized. And we are seen as these, like, crazy people that shouldn't be taken seriously um, because it threatens the status quo. But the status quo doesn't work for, doesn't work for us. And it actually doesn't mm-hmm. work for nearly anybody who even upholds it. Unless you are the very, very, very few, you do not actually benefit from the system that you uphold so well. But 
again, because it's so hierarchical, if you if you are above somebody and especially the higher up you are, the less likely you are to give a shit about what's going on below you or to even entertain the idea of needing to change it. Yeah. And I think that's I'm I'm just I'm so glad to be here in this moment with you, because this this what you're like I said, what you're doing is is really important. And I hope that my hope is that, you know, the things we do continue to to reach like minded people and people continue to discover things about themselves. And, you know, maybe one day we can all live on an island and fuck capitalism, you know, like that's like the dream for me, at least. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's it's so wild to think about. It's it's wild because I I hear people say like, oh, the system like our system is broken. Like, no, it's not. It's doing exactly what it's meant to do, and that is to fool you into believing that it's working for you, but it's not. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's been really it's um it's been hard. Being a late diagnosed person is, like I said, it's extremely difficult and it's a lot of reliving your life. Um, and even, I mean, we've even had to reschedule this podcast several times because of like <laughs> just general life things, but, but like also it's, I'm just really thankful for, for where I'm at and grateful for, for where I'm at and being able to meet people who just get it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And finally feel like those kindred spirits. And like, I don't have to explain myself as a human being. Like, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, specifics about myself, but I don't have to justify my, uh, my right to be treated with respect. And that's a huge difference that I see when I'm interacting with the actually autistic community, as opposed to when I'm out in like the regular world, is that yeah. like you'll meet someone and even if you don't particularly like click where you're like, oh, we're going to be like, we're now besties. But you don't, I at least I feel like you don't walk away feeling completely judged and like this person doesn't think that you are worthy of respect. It's more like, hey, I met you. We don't really click. And I'm probably not going to think about you ever again. And I don't actually need to, I don't need to go talk about you and be like, oh my God, I I met this person and, you know, and it's a total difference between that. And then when I'm out in the world and the first thing people want to talk about is, oh, did you see what this person was doing? Or, oh, did you see that? And I'm just like, I know I want to meet you. I just met you. And the first thing you want to tell me is like something crappy about somebody else. And it's like, this real sense of we we actually see people as people, whereas I feel like most people, uh, most holistic and neurotypical people are looking and making these snap judgments and then filtering everything through like, oh, well, I'm gonna put you in this box. I'm gonna put you in this box. And because you're in this box, I'm above you. So I don't even have to treat you with respect. And it's like, how is that humanity? How is that how we treat people? Wild. It's so wild. And I, I, I often think about uh, this this post that you made a while back, but it was um, along the lines of like bottom up thinking. And um, when I like learned about that, that was like recently within the last like six months or so, I was like, dang, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's like the fact that like, I don't know, it's just it's just so wild to me that people don't see things for face value. And then make a judgment call based on like, I don't know, facts. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always sad to me to think about. Like, it it's very limiting, and like it, it limits you. Like, you're not able to see the beauty in in other people. And to me, that points to it's a very clear sign that you don't see the beauty or the individuality in yourself. Because on this journey so far, at least for me, the more I understand about myself, the more I start to have grace for myself and I love myself. And in turn, it allows me to have even more grace for other people because I know that I am not perfect. I know that I have so many things that I love about myself or so many things that I want to change. And so I genuinely look at other people and hope that they're genuinely trying their best as well and that they're always just that and the other. 
Um, and I just lost my freaking train of thought. Like my little squirrel brain. <laughs> my little squirrel brain. Squirrel brain. I love that you call it that because I say squirrel brain all the time. And no one, because I work with holistic people, they're like, squirrel brain, what does that mean? I'm like, you just, you, you don't. <laughs> if you don't know, you don't know. If you know, you know. Dang um, it's a yeah. frick. Ding. What was I saying? <laughs> If it makes you feel better, I had a thought and then it, it's gone because you lost your thoughts. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they I also chased love each other thought. away. <laughs> they chased each other <laughs> away. But I think I was just like basically talking about like the roles and principles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mentioned something about bottom up thinking. I don't remember exactly what my point was, but like um, I do just think that. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The more I learned about myself and the more I started to heal, the more I realized how many things about myself I would suppress and dull because I wanted to fit in. Even things that I was good at, like I wanted to avoid ridicule so I wouldn't tell people that I can sing or I wouldn't, you know, like, yeah, like I would I would like hide my talents or I would downplay my talents because I didn't want to stand out. (laughs) And then it's like, so when I realized that I was doing that, I was like, I, I think that because we all or the society that we live in forces us to conform in order to feel like we're worth anything because anybody who doesn't conform they're treated like they're worthless you're they're weird so, you're, you're a weirdo you're an alien you're this and the other I think because of that like so many people don't even realize how much they've dulled themselves and like aren't even <clears throat> aren't even living their lives. I feel like so Absolutely. many people are existing and not living. Mm. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like people even like within my own family like they just they just accept that this is the way this is the way the life is and they don't really like question anything or question anything about themselves like my dad for example he'll probably go undiagnosed his entire life because you know he's talked himself into believing that well I'm fine I've been fine this far along and that's that's why I on on my platform and again it's it's so wild to say that because I don't think of myself as like a a content creator I just (laughs) am a weirdo talking about my brain on the internet but it's like one of my first posts to like get any kind of traction was like me saying you're allowed to accommodate yourself and you should. And that's something that I like, I think I posted it for myself, honestly, because I think I needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely think that there's other people that need needed to hear it too, because there was a lot of people just being like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Like I literally bought gloves and um, like a, an apron to be able to do the dishes after I made that post, because I was like, you know, you, you can just do stuff to make your life easier, you know, like, <laughs> and it's, and it's so wild because it's such a simple concept and you think like, like, yeah, of course you can do whatever you want. But like you said, going back to what you said, because we're so like, it's so ingrained in us to just like conform and like, this is the way things are like, no, like you can be happy and you can like do things to accommodate yourself. Like I've been sitting here with like 12 fidget toys and like rocking <laughs> back and forth and just like stimming when you would never know. Am I bothering anyone? No. And that's one of the other things that I always like to say is like, do whatever you want. As long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, do whatever the thing is, whatever the thing is, you need to do it. Oh my goodness, girl. That is one of my favorite phrases. My life philosophy is... I don't care about what anybody does as long as they are not hurting other people. And that even that 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 includes things that I would never do or that I find reprehensible. Like, I don't want to shame anybody for any of their vices, but I would never smoke crack. If you are, you know, but here, look, if you are a single person with no kids and you smoking crack is only hurting yourself. Now, do I have empathy for you and wish that you wouldn't do that? Of course, because you're a fellow human being. But if you're not hurting anyone else, then I can't stop you, nor would I want to, unless you mm-hmm. ask for help. If you reached out and said, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, I would be the first one to encourage you to not do it. But at the end of the day, if you're not hurting anyone, now throw some kids into the situation, then I feel like morally as a society, we would have, 
a reason to say something, but it should be to get you help as opposed to imprisoning you and then perpetuating yes. this cycle of recidivism. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like our society would be so beautiful, like literally like as close to a utopia as possible if it was designed by autistic people. Like we're so egalitarian. We want every, we like everyone is a person on equal footing. It doesn't matter if you are uh, the president of the United States or if you are the person who takes the trash out of the White House or if you, it doesn't matter. You're a human being with the same right to live and have your basic needs net, met and accommodate yourself. But I, I, it, that's like such a freaking, to me, it's such a freaking no-brainer. Why is it that we live in the exact opposite society? <laughs> and that's that on that. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah. And like I be man. And like to kind of like go off of that too, it's like it's very much it's 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 kind of like silly that it's like this and it's odd that it's like this, but it's like that that scene in Mean Girls where the girl's like, I just want us all to eat a cake made of rainbows and for us all to have, that's me. Like, I just, I want, I want everyone to be okay. I have like, and this is honestly probably a character flaw of mine a little bit because it has gotten me into trouble and I'm sure you can relate as well, but like giving people maybe too much of the benefit of the doubt and like Mm -hmm. Seeing too much good in them to the point where it like gets you into unsafe situations. I've definitely been there. Um, so now that I know that I'm autistic and ADHD, that's something that I'm like hyper aware of. And I'm like, is it my intuition? Is it my pattern recognition? Or am I just projecting onto this person because I think that they are way too like good, like better than they actually are? Yeah. Um so that that's a whole other other aspect too. Like I just I feel like at the end of the day, at least for me, and I feel like maybe for you, we just we just want everyone to eat, eat a cake made of rainbows and be happy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and have the neurotypical <laughs> stop saying she doesn't even go here and like yeah. ruining the vibe. <laughs> that uh, yes. I swear. No, I I totally feel you on that, especially about like, unfortunately, like I always say my rose colored lenses were shattered once I realized that other people didn't see the world that I saw it the way I saw it. Um, because yeah, I gave so many people just the benefit of the doubt. I, I know that I was always trying my best. My intentions were always pure. I wasn't out here trying to manipulate people. So my first assumption wasn't that that's what other people were doing. And it's actually, that's one of the things that is the most heartbreaking to me is that loss of innocence, because now I have to look at most people with like a stank eye because I'm like, wow, people are really, really terrible. Not everyone, but a lot of people are really manipulative. They put themselves first. They only want to do what they want to do to get ahead or to get something out of people. And mm-hmm. they're not really genuinely altruistic. And and then, you know, and then me being now having a um, a platform, because it's the same thing. I'm like, uh, I think about it yeah. sometimes. And I'm like, how? Um, but yeah, yeah like, you know, having a platform, there have been unscrupulous people who have like tried to use being neurodivergent as a way to get close to me. And then like, I let my guard down just a little bit and I'm like, oh, wow. And then like, that's actually how I started to see like some people who like might need to get an official diagnosis and they would see that they're not autistic and they may be on the NPD side of things. But, um, you know, because there are a lot of parallels there. But I'm like, after, unfortunately, after going through this for so long and like dissecting relationships that I realized were based off of them manipulating me and then now having people come out of the woodworks, I'm like, oh, the pattern recognition is saying, oh, I'm seeing this love bombing stuff. I'm seeing, you know, a lot of this that you're trying to pass off as autistic altruism, but I can actually, I'm starting to tell a difference now because I have to be on alert. And that's draining. I, I just, going back to what you said, I just wish that everybody 
just wanted to kumbaya because yeah. then you could just appreciate people. You wouldn't have to look at people with suspicion. You could just go out into the world and meet new people and feel comfortable and feel safe and feel seen and not have to be like, mm, is this person, does this person actually care or do they just want something from me? That's, yeah. it's, it's tiring. <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting. And that's a whole other like social aspect that I will never understand. And I feel like if, if that cycle didn't start to begin with, we wouldn't have to like, maneuver our way of thinking to like not only think through a newly autistic lens as late diagnosed people but then also realize and recognize the patterns of stuff that's happened it it is draining and to go back to like things you were saying about like talents and suppressing yourself and you know I know that we both like singing and I'm sure that's things in the arts is stuff that we would love to get into but there are people in those industries, like thinking about th- thinking about being any kind of artist as an autistic person is terrifying because of that mindset. But also, I do think a majority of people who are artists, artists likely are also autistic. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because just be- so. Just because of how we how we think, right? And our in our brains, it's like I don't I don't know many, and this is gonna sound like a uh, roast, but it, it just is what it is. I don't know very many interesting neurotypical people, Ooh. like because like we just said, <laughs> Ooh, sipping tea, <laughs> sipping tea, because they they think within the box. They don't question anything. They don't like you know <clears throat> deviate from the norm. They're not gonna be the trendsetters. They're the trend followers. Once someone else has the audacity to try something new, then and then it becomes popular. Oh, because it's accepted, now I'll do it. And that also, okay, here I go with my ADHD brain. That goes back to what you were so saying brain. earlier <laughs> about like, um, so like if, if it's popular, we'll do it and they don't question anything. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna follow the trend. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up because I think I cut you off earlier. <laughs> no, I don't. I, you know, if you did, I don't remember, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I just got really hyped. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, it's just, and I think it kind of for me all goes back to the more we talk about it, the more we learn, and the more. Hopefully we can get to a a place of all being kumbaya, hopefully, maybe. I know it, you know, that's obviously like my ideal world, but there's a lot of people in the world and we can only, we can only do so much, but that's why I'm glad that, thank thank goodness, the internet sucks sometimes, but also thank goodness for the internet because things like this happen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the more we get out there and show our authentic selves and do things from our point of view, show the actually autistic perspective, the better we'll be able to rewrite that narrative. Um, so, Cam, before we go, because I, yeah, we we had a, a nice little chat here, um, <laughs> but um, and I know we can chat for forever, but I always have to put a timer because in my mind, I'm like, uh, if I don't, I'm going to keep blathering on and on. Um, but before we go, I would just like to hear, like, if you had, if you just wanted to have any closing remarks or any words of encouragement or anything you wanted to say to people who are listening that are either autistic or believe they're autistic, are loved ones of people who are autistic, <clears throat> what would you like to say to them? And then um, also make sure you let everyone know how they can find you. Yeah. Um well, I, my tagline is always, you're allowed to accommodate yourself and you should. Um, if you think you're autistic, you probably are. And if, <laughs> if you're struggling, probably, but you know, you're, you're valid no matter, no matter where you are. And just look at people like us who are sitting here talking about it and, you know, <laughs> bringing awareness to it. And I hope, I hope that um, it helps people. And um, you can find me being mushy and obnoxious on TikTok um, at earth2.cam. So that's, that's where I am. That's where you can 
see me being a silly goopy goose with my spicy brain. So <laughs> yes, please make sure you show Cam some love and thank you so, so much for joining me, girlie. It's always fun talking to you and I'm glad we were able to uh, make it work and, um, and get this time together. And um, thank all of you guys for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. <laughs> love you guys, my soul tribe. Thanks so much. I want to thank you guys once again for stopping by and spending a little bit of time with me today. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you haven't already, make sure you're following Cam. All of her information is going to be in the descriptions wherever you're listening or watching this. Make sure you show her some love. As always, I can be found at deconstructing.neuro on TikTok and Instagram and on Twitter. I am at decon underscore neuro. I'm also at tjmakeupolk on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. My personal website is tjmakeupolk.com and to become a part of the soul tribe make sure you head over to patreon.com slash tjmakeupolk all of my tj tjp vlogs untethered series will remain on youtube however going forward the full version will only be available to patrons as well as lives giveaways and special announcement special announcement in-person meetups coming in 2023 yes yes you heard me you heard me so make sure you go over to patreon.com slash tjamaicapogue and become a part of the soul tribe doesn't matter what level of patronage you provide you all will have access to the um, in-person meet and greets, as well as the full version of the Untethered TJP vlogs. I love you guys. I'm so looking forward to spending a beautiful year with you all. Uh, This is going to be a beautiful year. I already see it. I already know it. I feel it and I'm claiming it for me and for you, the whole soul tribe, the whole soul family. Much love, peace, and blessings always.